Wow. Man, what a morning. This has been awesome. The Two pretty different styles of music. Three styles of music. And one thing, this is going to be pretty related to what we're talking about because it was beautiful and creative and I enjoyed it. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about God's beautiful creation and why it too is valuable. But it is fun to think that the creativity and beauty that you showed here mirrors a God who himself is creative and beautiful. Isn't that neat? This is uh, our one week after Sanctity of Life Sunday, so it's our Sanctity of Life Sunday. And so as Pastor Johnny mentioned, I'm going to talk a little bit about why that's important at Rayford Road, why we are a pro-life church, why we believe that's an important thing. Three things I just want to point out right off the bat is, one, is that Rayford Road is unapologetically a pro-life church, right? We believe all life is valuable, right? Every single life is valuable. And so you need to know right off the bat, you are at a church that believes that you are valuable, that believes your children are valuable, that believes your elderly parents or grandparents are valuable, and believes that your unborn children are all valuable because they're all created by God. Another thing that you need to know is that Rayford Road believes it is not enough to simply say I'm pro-life, that our actions need to follow that. And one of the ways that we do that is, as Pastor Johnny mentioned, is we support First Coast Women's Services. That's an important ministry in Baker County and really in the Jacksonville, greater Jacksonville area that seeks to protect lives, not only of unborn children, but also of mothers and fathers and people who are really, there's a child coming and that's a scary thing for them. And so they step in and help. There's really three ways I kind of thought about this morning. How is it that we partner with and support and work just to work with First Coast Women's Services? One is people, right? We just saw several people in here stand up and say that I commit my time in order to further the ministry that's being done to protect women and their children and really the, the whole family. We talked also about money. We support them with finances. Uh, It's important that you're here on February 1st for the business meeting so that you can add your support, if you will, to further supporting financially First Coast Women's Services. Another thing that we do, and I want to emphasize is very, very important, is that we pray, right? One thing I've learned about Rayford Road, I've been here um, several months now, and one of the most glaring truths about Rayford Road is that you believe in prayer. It's awesome. You believe that there is a God who loves to work when his people pray. And so you guys pray. Tonight, when Dana comes and shares with us a little bit, we've asked her to also share some ways that we can be praying for First Coast Women's Services. And that's going to be a really important thing that I I believe it's important that we all say, because this ministry is so important 
to God and to Baker County and to Rayford Road, I would love for you to commit to praying for First Coast Women's Services as a regular part of your prayer life. And I know that First Coast Women's Services, they're going to agree. I know that because they hosted the prayer breakfast, which is where the sermon I'm getting ready to deliver to you, that's, that's where this kind of came out of. The message that I delivered and that I'm going to talk to you tonight is basically answering two questions. One is, why are we pro-life? And the other is, what does it even mean to be pro-life? Right? What, is, what does pro-life mean? And if I, if I say I'm pro-life or I believe in the sanctity of life, what does that mean? And two is, why? What compels me to hold this position? Why is it so important that Rayford Road and that you and I individually believe in the sanctity of life? And there's probably hundreds of answers to those two questions, but I'm going to look at three. I'm asking you to look at Job chapter 31, and we're going to look at three answers of why is life valuable? Why is it so important that you and I not only believe in, but support and protect precious, valuable lives? We're going to look at As I said, Job chapter 31, and we're going to focus on just three verses, verses 13, 14, and 15. But before we read them, I think it'll help if I give you a little bit of context. What we're doing when we look at Job 13, 14, and 15 is we're looking at a little piece of a bigger argument in order to draw some conclusions, right? So you can imagine that if Job's whole argument that he's making was like a snowman. We're pulling out just the middle section here, and we're just going to analyze a little bit. But Job's main argument in this section is that there are certain things that you can do that are worthy of God's judgment. Right? You're probably familiar with Job. He suffered probably more than any one of us could ever imagine. And during Job's suffering, three of his friends came up to him and said, Job, the reason you are suffering The only reason we would ever suffer is because you must have sinned. And Job responds, and God had already said, no, Job was the most righteous man on earth. So Job says, this suffering is not due to my sin. And he argues that by listing certain things that clearly are worthy of judgment. And he says, of these things, I'm innocent, right? What I want to do is just look at one of those sections of what is clearly worthy of God's judgment. And from that, we're going to see not being pro-life, not recognizing the value and the sanctity of life and protecting that is worthy of God's judgment, right? Let me read to you just these three verses. Job chapter 31, verse 13 through 15. Job says, If I had dismissed the case of my male or female servants when they made a complaint against me, What could I do when God stands up to judge? How would I answer him when he calls me to account? Did not the one who made me in the womb also make them? Did not the same God form both of us in the womb? Just three short verses. But in those verses, I think we're going to see a compelling reason that every single person in this room should be pro-life that we should recognize that every single person in this room is valuable and precious to God. I'm going to really try to make three major arguments. One is that every life is indeed valuable. The second is the way we treat people 
if we recognize them as valuable, isn't just an issue between me and another person. It's an issue between me and God, right? Shortly is being pro-life is a worship issue. I value people because I value the God who made them. And the last thing that I want to point out from this verse, these three verses, is that to be pro-life, to recognize that every life is valuable, we have to start by recognizing that that value begins in the womb, right? Let me go ahead and pray, and we'll dive into the passage. Dear Lord, thank you. This morning has been so fun already and exciting, and we know that that is because you are a great, great God, and there is joy in praising you and reflecting your greatness and our creative abilities and our songs. We know that you're an awesome God. We also know that you love us, you've died for us, you've paid our penalty, and that makes our joy all the greater. As we open your word where you have spoken to us, we pray that you will give us ears to hear, that you will help us understand, and that you will use this passage to shape our hearts and make us people who are better equipped to love like you and to worship you. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, our first point is that every single life is valuable. Every life is valuable. And I think we can get that point from the very first verse. I'll I'll read the first and second, 13 and 14 again, to help reemphasize. Job says, if I had dismissed the case of my male or female servants, when they made a complaint against me, what would I do when God stood up to judge me? How should I answer him when he calls me to account? And I think what Job is saying is that if he in his high position ignored someone in, his, in their lowly position, then he would be guilty. And the reason is because according to God, they're of equal value. Even though Job might have servants and someone else might be a servant, according to God, they're of equal value. That means for Christians, if the president of the United States were to walk in this room and an unwed mother expecting a newborn baby were to walk in this room, that we would have two people of absolutely equal value in the eyes of God right? That God values people regardless of their merit, regardless of their age, regardless of their social status, regardless of their skin color, that God loves everybody because God has made everybody. Some of you might know this about me. Some of you might not. I actually, in 2003, I spent a year as a missionary in Australia working with a college a couple college campuses where I basically we were trying to start a college ministry. And in Australia, there were two universities that I worked with. One was the University of, in Australia they say Melbourne, but here we say Melbourne, right? Melbourne. And the other was Monash University. Those two universities, two different professors in 2012 came together and they published an article in the Journal of Medical Ethics. So it's a major medical ethics journal. And what they argued is that it is okay to kill a baby even after it's born, right? And they argued that for the same reasons that they believe abortion is okay, 
they believe killing a baby up to, and they didn't give a specific age, but about toddler age is acceptable. And here's their argument. What they believe is they come from a system that typically is described as utilitarianism, right? That values, something is valuable based on its ability to provide goods and value to society, right? So the more helpful something is, the more valuable something is. The more joy I get out of something, the more valuable that thing is. And they argued that babies, infants who are unborn, little babies, and often very, very old people are unable to provide the same sort of value that you could when you are of working age or at least thinking age and creative. As a very young baby, all you do is cry and sleep and mess up your diapers, and that's not valuable. And therefore, they believed it was okay to end that life. Job says the exact opposite of that. He says, every single life is valuable. And it is not valuable based on how many good things you have done. It is not valuable on how happy you have made your parents. It is not value, your life is not valuable on whether or not you have succeeded at all the tasks and accomplishments that you've set out to do. Your life is valuable simply because God loves you and God made you, right? That's why we have to disagree with these two professors who said that life is valuable based on the good you can provide other people. why we are pro-life. We believe every single life is valuable. This is one of, I think, the major reasons why we think the ministry of First Coast Women's Services is so important. Because every life that comes through those doors is valuable. They serve, they try to protect unborn lives, but they also try to serve and protect the lives of mothers. People who don't know, where will I get money for diapers? How will I ever learn to take care of this child? What if I want to give my child up for adoption? First Coast Women's Services says every single life is valuable. We will try to protect the unborn child, and we will try to protect and serve the mother, the families that are involved, that we believe that every single life is valuable. And so we say that sounds like a commitment that God has also made, and we want to be on board with that. Every single life is valuable. This morning, we have a little bit more time than I had when I first gave this message. So I want to try to expand this and think about how are you and I, not as people who are involved in First Coast Women's Services, but just here in this room, how are we most likely to mess up? How are we most likely to miss that people are valuable? And I think that there's kind of two extremes that we often take. One is that we can often become so self-centered, so self-absorbed, that when we walk into a room, we think that we are the most important person in that room. Right? You can tell that you view yourself as more valuable than others when you think everyone else should be listening to your stories rather than you listening to theirs. Everyone else should be concerned about your problems rather than you being concerned about theirs. 
Philippians 2, we studied this not long ago, warns us against this. Paul said, do nothing out of, out of rivalry or conceit, but he said, in humility, consider everyone as more important than yourself. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You know that you're starting to understand what it means for everyone to be valuable when you walk into a room and you see people that you think are full of value people who are living stories that God cares about. And that if you can be involved in their lives, you're being involved in something that matters to God. I think there's another extreme where we mess this up. And sometimes we think everybody's valuable but me. Right? This often is the feeling you have when you're struggling through depression. You think, oh, well, they've accomplished so much and they've done so much. But what about me? I, I feel like a failure. I feel like I haven't accomplished anything. And the same message is true for us as it is for everyone else, that you are valuable because God created you and God loves you. Romans 5 says, God demonstrated his love for you, that even though you were a sinner, even though you didn't measure up, he still died for you, right? God loves you. God loves you so much that he would die for you. It's wrong for us to think that we're more important or that we are better than everyone else. But it's equally wrong for us to think that we aren't valuable. We are valuable. God loves us. And he stepped into history to prove it. Let me make a second point from this passage in Job. And that is that being pro-life isn't only about loving others. It's not only about recognizing that other people are valuable. There's a bigger issue at stake, and that is the issue of worship. That the way we treat other people doesn't only show what we think about people, it shows what we think about God. I think that's what 14 is telling us. Right, verse 14 in Job 31, I'll read 13 again. He said, if I had dismissed the case of my male or female servants when they made a complaint against me, he said, then what could I do when God stands up to judge? How would I answer him when he calls me to account? In other words, he's saying, the way that I treat people affects my relationship with God. Right? The way that I value other people affects my relationship with God. In other words, it says, the way that I value other people shows how I value the God that made them. Let me read to you. Jesus helps us understand this a little more. And I'll read a passage. It's a little bit lengthy, but it's in Matthew chapter 25. And he's talking about what's going to happen in, in the end when everyone faces judgment. And he says this. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the glorious throne. He says, before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep and goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. 
I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the righteous will answer to him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Isn't that astounding? Jesus says, the way you treat other people reveals the, what you feel the way you worship me. When you minister to and take care of the least of these, you are glorifying me. And when you ignore the people who I've created, then you are ignoring their creator. He says, being pro-life is a worship issue. You cannot say to God, I love you, but I don't love the things you've created. When we were at First Coast Women's at the prayer breakfast, I tried to emphasize how hard being a counselor at First Coast Women's Center might be often. Because when you're counseling, you're dealing with messy lives, right? Often the women that show up at that center are there because they've made some bad decisions and not just one bad decision. Often it has snowballed and my life feels broken and shattered. And it is very rare that in a broken and shattered life, you can say a single word, have a 30-minute conversation, and they walk out and have a happy, fixed, great life, right? The counseling world is a hard long world, and sometimes you don't see the success that you wanted to. And so the question is, is it worth it? Would I still minister to people if I know that they're going to make the wrong decisions? Do I still open up First Coast Women's Services if I know that at the end, not every baby will be saved and some women will continue to make the same decisions that got them here in the first place? And the answer is yes, you do it not because they will be made right, but because it glorifies your Father who made them. When you love the people God loves, you love God. Even if they're not worthy. Even if they haven't done anything to show you that they will make good decisions in the future, God says, I still love them, and I still want you to feed them and clothe them and take care of them and love them. So we minister to people, not simply because we think we can help, but because we think God loves these people. There's a a last point that I think is important to make, and that is being pro-life starts in the womb. This is Job's argument in verse 15. It says, the reason that I have to listen to people who may not be at my station. And the reason that God would judge me if I ignored the people that he loves, because this is it, in 15, did not the one God who made me in the womb also make them? Did not the same God form us both in the womb? 
that the reason I love people is because they are a reflection of God's creative work. And God's creative work starts in the womb. God's creative work starts before a baby ever touches land. God has begun to imprint his own image on this child whom he loves. Sometimes in, especially in science, we can start to study the natural processes and we can start to think, well, this leads to this and this chromosome splits and we can describe everything in a very naturalistic way. But David reminds us, and I'm going to read in Psalm 139, that these natural processes are not simply natural processes. They are the creative work of God. Listen to what David says in Psalm 139. He says, For you formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. As I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows them very well. David is saying, when I was conceived and being formed in my mother's womb, you were actively involved in the creative process. Biology is part of that creative process, but it is still credited to the God who made biology in the first place. Every single life is imprinted with the creative work of God. And therefore, every single life is valuable. And it must start by valuing children who are still in the womb. Let me try to summarize it. So we had two big questions. Why are we pro-life? We are pro-life. Well, let let me start with this. What what does it mean to be pro-life? What does it mean to be pro-life? It means to recognize that every single life is valuable. You are pro-life when you recognize that every single life beginning in the womb till the grave is valuable because it reflects the creative work of God. Why are we pro-life? We are pro-life because we want to worship the creator. We're pro-life because the God who made life has instilled those lives with value. And recognizing that value tells God how big and how valuable we believe he is. That's why Rayford Road Church is committed to being a pro-life church. Because it's not just an issue of taking care of people, it's an issue of worshiping God. Let me close by thinking of a couple possibilities of people in this room. One is a possibility. One possibility is that you have lived a life where you have not honored the value and the sanctity of life. I watched a video this week of a musician uh, who told his story about a girl that uh, was pregnant, and it was, he was the father, and she came to him looking for advice, and he said, let's get rid of it. 
because it'll mess up my music career, it'll mess up my goals and ambitions. And this father counseled to get rid of the life that he was the father of. And that might be your story too. Or maybe you're the mom or a grandparent. Or maybe you've been involved in the ending of a life that God says is precious and valuable. Is there any hope for you in this? I think so. And the reason there's hope is because of the verse we've already said, because while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. Christ's love is, for you is not based on your worthiness. Christ's love for you is not based on whether or not you have always valued life in the way that is appropriate and the way that you should have. Christ's love for you is unconditional. And it is so vast that he was willing to die to cover that sin. There's awesome hope. And even in the sanctity of life, even if you have been responsible or party to the taking of a life, the reason there is hope for you this morning is because God says, I love you anyway. I value you anyway, and I'll pay for that sin. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think there's another group of people in this room who might say, I think that this is true, but I don't feel compelled to do anything about it. Certainly, everybody's valuable, but that doesn't affect the way I live my daily life. I don't believe that any of us want to be the person who stands before God on the judgment day and he says, you did not clothe me or feed me or visit me when I was in prison. You did not, you were not the type of person that recognized that the least of these were valuable to me. There is no way that we can call ourselves worshipers of God and not love the people he loves. So we can't sit here and simply think it's true and not put rubber on the road. We have to think, how can I serve the least of these? First Coast Women's Center is one of the strategies, or First Coast Women's Services is one of the strategies that Rayford Road uses to help reach the least of these. But it's not enough for you to simply say, somebody else is out there doing the work. Maybe your ministry isn't First Coast Women's Services. But in some way, ask yourself, how can I show by my actions that I believe that every single life is valuable? What can I do to show God that I love the people that he loves? This is a central part of our worship. I'm going to pray and the music team can come up and I'll let Pastor Johnny close us. Dear Lord, Thank you so much that you value life. Thank you that you value my life and the life of everybody in here. Thank you that you value us so much that you were willing to send your own son to die on our behalf so that though we weren't worthy of eternal life, you could give it uh, anyway. We're so thankful. We ask you to prick our hearts and to stir us to love people the way you do. In your name I pray, amen. Wow, what a powerful message. And even as I, I heard this uh, a couple of weeks ago, 
it just it, it stung me because I guess more than ever, it made me just understand and realize, which I knew, but it brought it out and crystallized it, that, that, that pro-life is, is, is just not about an unborn child. Pro-life is about all life. Again, whether it's the child in the wound, whether it's the, the 90-year-old that can't get out of bed, or it's about the person that's just made some really bad decisions within their life that other people have pushed away. Because it matters not to God as, as, as long as that life has a soul in it. That life was created in the image of God, and God's a lover of that life, and God sent his son to die for that life. That's how much God values you and me. That's how much God values that person that's made bad decisions. Folks, we've all made bad decisions. It doesn't really matter. We've all made bad decisions. That's why Christ came. And that's why this message is, is, is more than just a, a message where we come and, and, boy, and really promote ministries such as First Coast Women's Services. That, that's a part of it. But it's really a message for every one of us because God is life, and it's he that's the giver of life. And if you're sitting here today, it affects you and me. And so today, as I make an appeal to you, and we, 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 we close this service, we close it with an, uh, with an invitation because we make an appeal to you. I don't apologize about that. Because I want today to be a life-changing day for you. I want to be a, today to be a day that not only do you hear something with your ears, but you, you today say, you know what, I want to commit to do something about this. And there's maybe a life here today that when you walked into this place, you didn't think yourself very valuable. Boy, life has kicked you in the face by maybe what others have done or maybe some bad choices you've made. And, and you haven't felt very loved, for, but you, you wound up here today. And, and I don't think that's an accident. I, I think that's by the provident hand of God. Because God wants you to know that he values you and he loves you and he loves you so much that even in all your bad choices, that he sent Christ to die for you. And, and, that, and that, that you're precious in his sight. And if you've never met him as your Lord, if you've never met him as your Savior, I invite you to Jesus Christ today. It's only through him that you can find the full expression of your life. Because within your life, without Christ, there's a... There's a, there's, a, there's a part of your life that's not complete because he created you with a spirit that only he can feel. And that's where you begin to find meaning of life. And I invite you to Jesus Christ today. I invite you today to, to for the first time maybe in your life, that you come and you, you meet the one who created you, but also the one that's going to sustain you and give you purpose. And and forgive you of those bad decisions you've made. Folks, we sang early this morning the first song, He Set Me Free. You'll never completely be free until you're free of your past. And I invite you today to be free in Christ. And so I invite you today, or, or maybe you're here today, and, and maybe you've had a relationship with Christ, but still just... 
you've been beaten down by some of your own bad decisions, you're valuable to God. And you may want to just come and just kneel down today and say, God, thank you today. God, I've, 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 been, I've been beat up with my own mind. I've been beat up in, in the thoughts of, you know, I'm not that important, but I am important. And you may just want to come and praise your creator and just worship him. But there's another group. I think sometimes as a church, and the way that we use terminology, we call 30 minutes before the preaching a time of worship. Folks, that's not. That's part of worship. But our real worship is when we're out there in the world, in the marketplace, loving people that God loves. Showing people how valuable they are to me. I've, I've received great blessing this week. As, um, I'll share this with you because I, it means so much. I'm going to write some letters. My mom's old. Her body's failing. She, she can't even get up and go to the bathroom by herself. But... <laughs> The people that have ministered to her this week has been some of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. They have treated her like she's a queen. And and just, just made her feel like she's something special. And buddy, when they make her feel like she's something special, they make me feel like I'm something special. And... You know, to be honest, I don't know whether these people are believers or not. I've tried to talk, but, but you know, they're in doing their job. But, but still, they have shown my mom that she's valuable this week to them. And I, I've got a little bit of glimpse of that. And, and, folks, that's how we should walk out every day. It doesn't matter who we come in contact with, no matter what the world labels as valuable, that, that we need to be in the name of Jesus treating people like they're valuable whether they have a lot to offer you or whether they don't. It's easy to show value to people that, that's offering you something, that's doing something for you. It's, it's a lot tougher in our flesh to, 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 to show people value when, matter of fact, <laughs> they're kind of burdened on us. And I, I, I ask every brother and sister in this place today to make a fresh commitment that, God, I want to love people like you love people. You know, I, want to, I want to clean the leper's wounds, whatever Jesus would do. That's what I want to do. And do it in the name of Jesus and do it with a cheerful heart, not feeling like I have to because, God, this is a way I can worship you. That's why Rayford Road, and you have to understand, yeah, we support First Coast Women's Services. But we have a care center where we minister to people that, that's needing clothing or toiletry items. We, we have housing for people that, 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 that need temporary places of, of housing. We have benevolence ministries um, for people that, that are troubled. We, we, we have our mission ministries. And, folks, this is all because we're simply trying to show people in the name of Jesus we love them. So what I'm saying, there's a place for you. Don't live your life selfish. Live your life that God can use you 
to show people how valuable they are in the name of the Lord. And I think we, every one of us in this place needs to make a fresh commitment of that, man. But Daniel, I thank God that he, he, he placed that scripture on your mind. And because um, one day that we can stand before God and say, God, I love people because you love people. And that's the way I worshiped you. And I don't think there's a ear in this place that does not need to make a fresh commitment. Is God let me love people because you love them because if they have life, it's because you gave them that life. So how does that speak to you? I can tell you it spoke to me a whole lot. And we're going to have a time. We're going to have a time of appeal that I think you need to do something about it. I think you need to do something where, you know, folks, it's, it's one thing about just saying something within your mind, but when you put some feet to it, that's why, that's why we have this time. Because I, I know that if you, don't, if you don't go ahead and say, you know what, I, I'm going to do something about it. I want, to, I want to come and just kneel down at the altar. I'm going to come and just grab the pastor by the hand and say, hey, I'm making that fresh commitment today or, or, or do something about it. You probably won't do it. Folks, these are, these are times where you, where you put stakes in the ground. And that's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you to drive some stakes in the ground. First of all, for that person, if you need Jesus Christ today, you need to step out of that aisle and you need to say, Pastor, I need to talk to someone about Jesus. I need freedom. Saying to a person that you may have made some bad decisions and maybe, boy, you've been beat yourself up and that I'm not valuable to God, you may want to come today and just say, God, I am valuable. Thank you for loving me. Or, or three, that individual that you say, I'm going to make a fresh commitment. I want to love God, people like God loves people. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to your life today? I know he's spoken to mine.